Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the morning. You can check us out on roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity. We're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. And with that being said, folks, I hope you are all doing well. It's going to be a pretty exciting Friday. We have Harley Schlanger with us at 12 p.m. directly right after this broadcast. Uh, lots of things to cover. Lots of things to cover. Yes, I will be ranting a lot today, uh, so brace yourselves. If you're not used to ranting, you're in the wrong place. Uh, the rants are usually uh, pretty fun, and they get pretty fired up. Uh, I mean, how can you not be fired up? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, things that that should get you upset. You know, we're a, a, a non-functioning country at this point, so it's kind of annoying. And lots of things are happening. Um, let's start somewhere, right? Let's start somewhere. Let's start, uh, with some major news. All right. One of the biggest news that I want to begin with and is this, okay? I don't know if you guys saw this, but this is what happens when, you're a nation that's led by friggin' morons. Okay. Folks, I cannot tell you how many years I've been on this platform screaming from the rooftops that there's going to be a complete geo, you know, geopolitical realignment. I can't begin to tell you how many times I said, hey, there's a thing called the multipolar world. Wake up to it, understand it, grasp it, embrace it. This is where we're headed. And when I say that there's a time that's coming, because what's happening, right, that, oh, my God, this is, I, I hate being right. I hate being right. Folks, a long time ago, I said that the American dream is based on Saudi pipelines. And when it comes to the dollar hegemon, Saudi Arabia is the canary in the coal mine. Saudi Arabia is the canary in the coal mine. And, and here's the thing, folks. Right? Here's, here's the thing. 
one of the things you have to understand is this. Hold on. You got you y'all can hear me. Good. Okay. So I had a little uh little sound issue here. But anyway, here, here's the deal. When the canary in the coal mine, when Saudi Arabia is the canary, and I'll tell you why, Saudi Arabia is going to do what it can in order to save itself. We know, from what we know, that a conservative estimate on the wealth of the Saudi royal family is about $36 trillion with a T. $36 trillion. Okay, so technically, technically, Mohammed bin Salman is the world's first trillionaire. Okay, I mean, God, the Saudis aren't stupid. They're not stupid whatsoever. They know where this is headed. They know that when the dollar starts to lose, and th this is how you know that they're that they're the the big red flag here, because they're the ones that are keyed up on the dollar. Why? Because the Saudi Arabia's existence is based on its petroleum exportation, its, its petroleum exports being priced in dollars. Their entire economy is based on that. And now you have the mentally retarded West who are literally out there stating that, hey, we're going to have a green economy and a greening of the New Deal. And some people will say, well, that's one of the reasons why the Saudis don't want to sell to the U.S. because they're getting away from hydrocarbons. But au contraire, mon frère. The truth of the reality is the more solar panels... And windmills and electric cars you go buzzing around in, you increase the petroleum output exponentially. In fact, there will be more of a requirement for hydrocarbons if you're going to have a green economy. You see how this works? Because everything that you need for a green economy, the lithium, the nickel, the cobalt, the molybdenum, the vanadium, the gallium, the inifium, the rhenium. All these things that you need, these rare and strategic metals and minerals can only be on Earth utilizing the energy produced by machines that run on hydrocarbons such as oil and oil-based fuels like diesel. You're talking about massive carbon-dependent infrastructure and instrumentations that are required in order to unearth these massive, massive mining fields. So it's not because the West, the brain-dead, mentally backward, retarded, idiotic, stupid, morally bankrupt, debaucherous, satanic West is going green. Because that's a boon for petroleum producers. That's a boon for petroleum-producing countries. That's guaranteeing the next 100 years of hydrocarbon use at the minimum. What is turning Saudi Arabia away from the West, well, I'm not even going to talk about the West. We use the word West euphemistically. We're specifically talking about the United States-dominated world system. 
the U.S. dominated Western system. Because look, Europe is a lap dog. Canada is just a a, a, a poodle on on the chessboard. Australia is who cares? There's more, you know, whatever. Australia's good for for a few things. Financial fraud being one of them, and and gold fraud is another big thing that's in Australia. If you if you heard the latest news with what's going on with the Perth Mint. And then New Zealand, who gives a rat's rear end about New Zealand? There's more sheep there than people, so who cares? So, if green energy is going to be an absolute boon for countries like Saudi Arabia, why the hell are they getting away with the West? Because the false narrative is, oh, you know, hydrocarbons, yeah. Ah, hydrocarbons, we... Uh, we don't need them. Yeah, you do. So it's not hydrocarbons. The reason why Saudi Arabia years ago, especially after President Trump was no longer, believe it or not, like him or hate him, there's a lot of things that Trump did, especially holding back the floodgates. You know, he was kind of like, you know, the, 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 the old Dutch story, the, the boy with the finger in the dike, right? And soon there's a crack appears, he puts his finger there in the dike, and then another crack appears, he puts his finger on that one, and soon he's running out of hands, he's running out of fingers, he's running out of toes, and then the dam breaks, or the dike breaks, and, the, and his little village is flooded. That's what Trump was doing. So as long as he was there, and, and, and granted that the effeminate, broke, insolvent, satanic, debaucherous, morally bankrupt, idiotic, stupid, childless, beta-cuck leaders of the West didn't like Donald Trump. And it's too much of an alpha male. Intimidated him. And so what happened? When he was removed, all of a sudden, the, 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 the crap that was being held back, that had a promise of being fixed here, and the potential of being fixed, was why it, it cracked wide open. And when it cracked wide open, All the stuff, all the garbage, the trash, the filth that was on the under the surface be, came to the surface, compounded by the by the by the crisis that was created by the United States in two thousand eight with the financial collapse. You couple those two events together, that was it. The Saudis are like, wait a minute, you guys are nuts, you guys are crazy. We always knew you were crazy. We thought there was a modicum of hope here. We thought that maybe you might be joining the rest of the civilized world, but no, you want to continue on financial fraud. No, you want to continue on regime change. You want to continue with war.
I hit the mute button. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I hit the mute button. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm an idiot. Could you guys hear me now? Yeah, exactly. It's all CJ's fault. If CJ was here, I would have never hit the mute button. He would have told me. All right, I'm going to have to keep one eye on the chat while uh, I talk. What was the last thing I said, guys, that you heard? Ah, uh, regime change. Yeah. Thank you, Camaro 68. So Saudis realize they're, they're sick. They can't trust the U.S. The U.S. is an untrustworthy uh, 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 ally. They realize that, hey, not only are they untrustworthy, that regime change could very much happen to Saudi Arabia. And then if the United States fell, they'd fall with it. So one of the main components, what I've talked about for years, and a few and a handful of others I've talked about as well, is that Saudi Arabia is going to be shifting towards the BRICS. And if you need to get involved with the BRICS, you need to get involved with the multipolar world. That means you need to make nice, nice with people. That are in the multipolar world, specifically the countries like Iran. You got to like smooth it over. So just check this out. Iran and Saudi Arabia have signed an agreement to resume relations as well as open embassies and representative offices within two months. That's fast. The deal was signed after several days of negotiations between the head of Iran's Supreme National Security Council and Saudi counterpart in Beijing. Let me give you a little background on this whole Saudi-Iranian thing. Back in North Africa, this is a story I've mentioned one time before, and I haven't mentioned it again. Some of you might remember this. Some of you might not. But back in 2015 and 16, when the whole Syrian conflict was winding down and the Russians got in, and the world kind of realized, wait a minute, America is not the only military power in the world. And the Russians were able to come in and move at an operational efficiency and a level that has never been seen before. It was incredible to witness. Many other countries started to get the confidence, hey, we don't have to just cozy up to the United States or it's death for us. That there's options in the world. The Saudi, the head of the Saudi national security, um, the, basically the, the, their nation's spy chief, met with Iran's spy chief. In, in northern Algeria. This was a meeting that took place. Very few people know about it. You'll not find it anywhere if, if you're lucky enough to find it. But this is something that was given to me by somebody who's in that in, in the intel world. And when the two spy chiefs of those nations met together in 2015, they talked about ending the proxy war that they've had one towards another because the Saudis and the Iranians have been fighting decades-long proxy war. Decades long. The Iran-Iraq war was Saudi-funded, okay, as well as U.S.-funded. And so they said, listen, we're going we're gonna to stop the logistics and support of, of terrorist proxy groups against you, and, and, and you got, you'll do that to us as well, that you'll also stop. And they came to an agreement. They're not, they're not going to you know, support, give logistics and, 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 and financial support to terrorist proxy groups that 
they will work together to find a solution. And then that's when the Saudis started draining the funds out of ISIS. Okay? The U.S. ran the logistics. The U.S. wanted the Saudis to pay for it because the U.S. promised the Saudis. Just like the U.S. promises everybody, don't worry, we have it in control. It'll be the mother of all defeats. We'll come in victorious. And not only will we come in victorious, we'll set up the new pipelines once uh, Assad has been deposed. Saudi says, okay. But they realized as soon as the Russians got involved, that whole pipeline dream went up in smoke. And they realized the way that if they don't pull out the support and give stop pulling putting support to to USIS, this is gonna blow back on them somehow. And so in 2015, the, the momentum started to shift. And then you saw the palace, the uh the 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 the, the whole security situation that occurred in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia in the middle of the night. Where you heard gunfire, you know, at the Royal Palace, you heard gunshots, multiple machine gun fires, and within 24 to 48 hours, a good chunk of the royal princes were all locked up by Mohammed bin Salman. Right? MBS locked up, if you remember, uh, uh, they, they locked up Prince uh, Ali Tal, uh, uh, Talal, they locked up, uh, they frozen his assets. There was like, 30, 40 princes sleeping in the Waldorf Astoria main lobby in Saudi Arabia. It was complete lockdown. This, all his rivals, all his rivals and his rivals that he locked up, that he either got rid of or if he or, or deposed from power or brought them to heal, whatever the heck he did as a ruler, and it's his right to do it. Whatever he did as a ruler, what he did is he made sure that any treacherous faction within his organization with links to U.S. or British intel was dealt with. And then once he's done that, I knew right away at that point he's going full-on multipolar world. And here we are. Here we are. The deal was signed after several days of negotiations. The foreign ministers of the two countries are now going to hold a bilateral meeting to discuss the implementation of the agreement. And here it is. In a joint statement, Iran and Saudi Arabia announced that they had agreed to resume cooperation on security, trade, and investment. Folks, these are the two biggest hydrocarbon players and the biggest lithium player. Okay. I know Bolivia, uh, they found a large lithium uh, <clears throat> deposit in Bolivia. But Iran has a massive one as well. I think it's the second largest in the world. So you're talking about a major strategic metals dealer who also deals in one of the largest proven reserves of oil on the planet, Iran. Who is partnered with China? If you notice, it's a Chinese flag there. So who brokered the deal? The Chinese brokered the deal. Give the Chinese brokered the deal. And there's Wang Yi right there, Tiger Wang. Tiger Wang. Everybody makes nice, nice. Why can't the U.S. do stupid stuff? Why can't the U.S. do this? Because we're too freaking stupid. We're too freaking stupid. We have interests, right? 
In a joint statement, they said the Ministry of the Foreign Affairs of both countries shall meet to implement this, this and arrange for the return of their ambassadors and discuss means of enhancing bilateral relations. They also agreed to implement the security cooperation agreement between them, mm -hmm. which was signed, corresponding to the general agreement for cooperation in the fields of economy, trade, investment, technology, science, culture, sports, youth. The tripartite agreement published by the Saudi press agency says, folks, this is huge. This is huge. This is the fat lady starting to sing. She's on note one. She's on note one. This is the fat lady clearing her throat, <clears throat> saying, me, 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 me. She's about to belt out a tune. And that tune is Goodbye Dollar. Just let this sink in. Just let this sink in. Two of the biggest hydrocarbon producers in the world, manufacturers, right? Or producers. One of whom is also a major mineral-rich country that's rich in, 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 in strategic min, uh, min, uh, minerals and rare earth, you know, rare earth metals. Strategic metals and rare earth minerals, right? They just signed. Two of the biggest oil producers on God's green earth just signed an agreement to work with the largest economy in the world, that is China, and to work with the largest oil producer in the world, that is Russia. Like, where does the U.S., what does the West bring to this table here? More genders? Like, what, what, what are they bringing, what does the West bring in terms of physical production to this game? Nothing. Zilch. Zip. This is dollar ending, man. Serious dollar ending. Look at this. Iran and Saudi Arabia announced the two longtime rivals or enemies, right? Saudi Arabia, Iran talk in Beijing is a big victory for peace, says Wang Yi. This is incredible that China was able to broker. This is Vijay Prashad. He said this. Uh, incredible that China was able to broker resumption of diplomatic ties between Saudi Arabia and Iran. I wrote about the need for a grand bargain over 10 years ago. Hopefully they move towards it. And this is huge. Think about this. Here's the Saudis, right? They just signed a deal with their arch rivals, the Iranians. And this morning, the Israelis took a massive crap in their bed. The Israeli Knesset, especially with these hardline hawks from Benjamin Netanyahu, Netanyahu just took a massive crap in his bed. And he is urging Uncle Joe to start a regime change operation in Saudi Arabia. But the problem is Mohammed bin Salman is pretty well hardened. In where he at? Where he's at? It's incredible. 
Now, people say, well, we're, they're going to get Israel to probably do some sort of false flag operation on the behest of the United States. That's not going to happen. You know why? Because Putin already made that call to Netanyahu and told him to put a muzzle on it. He already yanked the leash on Netanyahu. Already yanked the leash on him. Incredible. Incredible. And the other thing that I want to bring up, okay, and there's a couple more things I want to cover. Give me one second. I want to touch base on capital malformation, right? Because this is from something that came out. Because this is this is getting bad for us. This is some stuff that Cowboy and I were talking about. We've been talking about this for uh, a few weeks. Uh, and here it is. SNL Crisis 2.0. Uncle Sam short-term 5% U.S. Treasury is sucking capital out of the banks. Right? And this is from Larry McDonald's Bear Traps Report, which is a paid thing, so I don't even know how uh, Zero Hedge was even able to post this, but it is what it is. Uh, Wall Street banks just spent the last four weeks, and I'm going to tell you the, the story behind this, the last you know, four weeks selling investors on a soft, no-landing scenario. There are rare moments of social risk awareness in markets where everyone is huddled on the wrong side of the, of the boat. And when that migration starts, the broad relief system flips and the swing can be very violent. We are now here. Okay, we are we are here. This is everybody's point. Yeah, bang. This is going to this is not going to end well. It's not. Back to the future. It's a lot like the 1980s SML crisis in 2008. More of the risk is spread out across hundreds of regional banks, tertiary financials like Ally above are important indicators. At 19X earnings now, most of us can see an air pocket on the face of the S&P 500 say, hello, 13X, next stop. Again, markets are going to start moving. Look at this, Credit Suisse, Ally Financial, Capital One. Okay, these are especially Ally and Credit Suisse, danger zone. Available for sale securities, AFS is a term of the day. On the balance sheet of the original KRE banks, these are there are hundreds of billions of dollars of available for sale securities, U.S. Treasuries, mortgage-backed securities, highly high-quality investment-grade corporate bonds. For years, these assets never had to be marketed to market. They never moved in price. Regional bank execs look more like your local overweight car salesman than Wall Street risk managers. Right, exactly. They're sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars of assets for decades that never moved in price. Now you have a, a U.S. with a two-year treasury near 5%. And what, are, what is the thing I always tell you guys? What is the number one thing that, bank, that banks chase? Yield. You have yield start banks. Why do you have yield? Because you are insolvent. You have a solvency crisis here in the United States. Okay, a solvency crisis that was brought on by the 2008 financial collapse that never was remedied. Now, watch this. Remember TARP, the toxic asset relocation program, where they took off hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars worth of derivatives, 
the Fed came in, swapped the derivatives, and they started giving out treasuries to balance up the bank's books. And what did the big banks do? The big banks like J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Citibank, HSBC, and all these other banks, what did they do? Right? They took their securities and they did basically like a currency swap with smaller regional banks. They spread out the risk. Smaller regional banks said, hey, this is wonderful. We'll hold on to these securities. This is great. This is great. Now they're sitting on an asset that's never moved in price. Now watch what happens. Now you have a two-year treasury near 5% and 3% in August. There is an elevator shift drop in prices. You're not marked to market at the banks. We are told the macro prudential risk crowd inside the New York Fed has been annoyed that FCI's financial conditions have not tightened all that much considering the 5% front-end rates. Tightening FCI's act like a fire hose on an inflation fire. We are hearing the New York Fed with the FDIC and the, the OCC, right, is now forcing regional banks to mark their collection of toys to market. If you include HELOCs, home equity lines of credit, auto loans, commercial real estate, and mortgage-backed securities. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is great. This is great. Okay? Oh, God. I can't. So if you include... Oh, my God. These guys are idiots. Yeah, I can't believe you have people working like this in the banking system. If you if you include the HELOC, auto loans, commercial real estate, mortgage-backed securities, the losses are one trillion across the regional banking ecosystems. Raising rates five hundred bips in fourteen months comes with a price. It's not free. <laughs> the brainless lunacy of Wall Street economists, and these guys are always wrong. These economists. That's why I'm a. I remember. <laughs> I was, uh, I remember I was on a, a, a show somewhere and they asked me, one guy asked me, what, do, where did I go to school to study economics? I said, nowhere, the school of hard knocks. That's why I'm a guerrilla economist. Because these idiots always get it wrong. Look at this. These morons always calling for a soft, no landing with this kind of interest rate risk, it's turning into credit risk, blows one's mind. To make matters worse, T-bills at 5% are sucking billions of dollars a day out of regional banks. Deposit beta, again, for decades, the deposit beta moved at 5 miles an hour. Now it's 100 miles an hour. Regional banks are slow moving. Local sleeping fellows. I mean, what better place? If you wanted to, if you, if your goal is in 10 years to vertically have total control of the entire U.S. banking sector. And if you're J.P. Morgan, if you're a large, geostrategically important institution as detailed by the Bank of International Settlements, Basel III, then the perfect plan is to take the, the, uh, the, the, the treasury assets that were put into your books under the federal TARP program and move said assets to the stupid regional banks, have the said assets all in due time. All in due time. You knew this was going to happen. Lower the interest rates to zero. Have a banging time for 10 years right in the biggest bubble market on God's green earth. 
get into trouble, raise the rates to 5%. And now, now every single one of these guys who are sitting on all of these treasury assets are shitting the bed at an alarming rate. They, they will kill the regional banking system. And now what's going to happen? It's like it, we're watching Washington Mutual all over again. You went to bed one night with Washington Mutual. You had a Washington Mutual account. You woke up the next morning. It was no longer Washington Mutual. It was J.P. Morgan, Chase. You're walking into a Chase branch. They were taking out the Washington Mutual logos out the door as you were walking in. You're like, what the hell happened? Goodbye, local banks. Goodbye, regional banks. You are done. Absolute done, right? Because we understood. Because here's the thing, right? Remember when? Remember when I said, "Hey, when when they when they started bailing out the banks, they privatized the profits and they socialized the risk. How did they socialize the risk? They gave it to the to the regional banks and these these Dudley do rights in the Midwest and the in the and in the South and whatnot. They they took the they took Wall Street's word for it." That everything's going to be okay, and we're going to be living in the zero interest rate policy forever. Don't worry about it. They're going to nuke the entire banking industry in the the regional and local sense. They're done. And we also know, and I've also said this, that with more money printed comes capital malformation. You have negative feedbacks loops, and all of this is where we're, we're happening. So, in other words, the more stimulus you put out to the larger banks the more of a, a, a solvency crisis you're going to have. Why? Because these, these larger banks, these larger institutions that are geostrategically important, they're going to take that money. and what, They're not going to put in R&D. They're going to be putting it into, into trade. They're going to be buying back their own stock. They're going to be trading their own, you know, uh, in, in, the, in the derivative market. They're going to be shoring up their own assets. They're not, they're not reinvesting anything into, into any other sector, period. It's not going to happen. Because you're, they are yield-starved, and these regional banks are absolutely screwed. Oh, my God. Precious capital is running out of the banks faster than an L.A. Lakers full-court press. Some banks are being forced to liquidate AFS securities and sell stock to raise cash urgently with a massive dilutive impact. Stay tuned. SNL crisis 2.0. Right? And uh, Larry McDonald draws a wonderful chart here. Just a jaw-dropping disaster sliced through key Support had 200-week moving average, uh, like it, like it wasn't even there. Very very pre-crashy, as one New York Prime Minister told McDonald. Banks have been very quiet about these risks for months. Of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it. It's like it's it's like being in a, 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 a <laughs> it's like being in a some sort of a cancer recovery uh, 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 support group. And everybody's sitting around talking about their day, but nobody talks about the fact that they all got cancer. <laughs> they don't want to talk about that, but they're in a recovery group. How are you going to recover if you don't talk about the toxic problem that you have on your books, which is the U.S. Treasuries? <laughs> and you wonder why the Saudis hate us and they're leaving us behind. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. As one time, the New York uh, PM told McDonald, banks have been very quiet about this risk for months. They've been telling us, number one, the deposit data, runoff of zero interest costs, deposit <laughs> deposit flights, run on deposits, deposit beta much faster, Uncle Sam short-term 5% U.S. Treasury, sucking capital out of the banks, interest rate risk, mark-to-market available for sales, uh, for, as, you know, for sales securities, 
funding mismatch, bottom line, Fed hiking 500 points in 14 months is showing up here. Maybe that whole zero interest rate and QE thing wasn't such a good idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not free. Memories of what? Non-liquidity. I've been preaching about this for, for, for years now. Our liquidity position is strong. We're adequately capitalized. Remember Alan Schwartz from Bear Stearns, 2008. Our liquidity position is strong. We're adequately capitalized. Oh, my God. This is what Larry McDonald says. We think the Fed cuts. Larry McDonald agrees with V and with Cowboy, right? We think the Fed cuts rates by 100 basis points by September. We can only imagine the level of market stress required for that to come to pass. Brace yourself. Black Monday, question mark? Get ready. <laughs> Pucker up, buttercup. <laughs> oh, my God, man. My God. My God. And if things can't get any better, okay, if things can't get any better, right, we have exceptional stand because we do stuff in exceptional stand for those that don't know exceptional stand does stuff and right now we are creating another front in our proxy war against russia another failed proxy front this time from georgia because you know kazakhstan didn't work out too well serbia is not working out too well uh, uh belarus didn't work out so well and now we're going to try georgia the, the country of georgia a large line of vehicle seeking entry to Russia from Georgia has assembled at the border between the two countries early on Thursday. The Ivestia newspaper has reported hundreds of cars, both Russian and Georgian license plates, have lined up outside the uh, Verkney Lars checkpoint. Reports of a tailback on the border have been corroborated by data from the Yandex um, Cardi Online mapping platform. Images of the scene shows multiple vehicles. In line with some users reporting that they had to wait for hours to get to the other side. Drivers have been making inquiries in Telegram chats about the possibility of exchange of foreign currency to Russian rubles and about the condition of the Russian roads if they had a, an ice layer on them due to the cold weather. And what's happening? Well, there is a lot of drama for your mama happening in Georgia Thank you. Thanks to the one and only <clears throat> exceptional stand that is creating a color revolution over there to overthrow the government to create another front for Russia. And again, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. This is what exceptional stand does. Exceptional stand. We do things, folks. We do things. We do things. And last but not least, uh, there's more details coming on about the 26 bioweapons laboratories that have been found in Ukraine. And that is uh, going to be huge. Uh, credit unions can be affected. Yes, yes. Uh, my buddy Pat over there. I mean, K, I mean, K Trip Jackson is asking. Yes, credit unions could be affected. Uh, it could be. Uh, I'm not sure 100% depends on what kind of backdoor agreements that uh, your your local credit union has with a regional bank or a, or a larger uh, financial bank. Oftentimes, their credit unions 
uh, accounts, especially the interest-bearing accounts, if it's a high-yield interest-bearing account or retirement accounts or CDs or whatnot, are rehypothecated to bigger accounts of larger banks. And uh, that could be a problem. So if that larger bank that, that is handling and clearing and settling the funds for uh, higher yield uh, interest accounts for a, a, a credit union, it could be problematic. And also the lending uh, aspect of it as well. I mean, credit unions are not really what they're cracked up to. It's not, it's not like 50 years ago, folks, where a credit union was really a credit union. There's very little difference between a credit union and your today's modern regional or local bank. Very little difference. So it all comes to the union, and it's hard to, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell at this point. Unbelievable. Exactly. There you go. It all, it all, I, it depends on what assets is held by the union. Correct. Yeah. So that's the thing with credit unions. Uh, yeah. Uh, anybody else have any questions? That pretty much covers uh, exceptional stand. The news of the day, the most explosive information is the whole Saudi Iran thing that we've been talking about for years. Finally come to pass. Uh, you want to look, man, this whole dollar collapse, folks, this whole dollar collapse, whole entire economy changing. We've always said it from the beginning. You know, it's an event driven thing. It's an event driven thing. And to be honest with you, um, you know, the. Um, to be completely honest with you. This accelerates things a great deal. This accelerates things a great deal. So with that being said, uh, I'm at the end of the show. I got Harley coming up next. Uh, make sure you stay locked and loaded here. Harley will be up in about 15 minutes. Talk to you all soon. Cheers. Oh, uh, last question. How soon is the trading program being rolled out? Very soon. Oh, last one, one thing I want to say. Look, <clears throat> I was having this talk. About, you know, I was talking with the missus about, uh, you know, New York and, you know, back home and whatnot. And what they're, you know, for those that don't know, places like New York and in many places where there's an actual financial capital like New York City, like Toronto uh, and whatnot, these financial hubs are going to be one of the last things standing for a lot of people. Uh, the economy is changing. The landscape is changing. Uh, one of the most beneficial things you can get involved in is, 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 is trading. Because it's going to be the last shoe to fall, so to speak. It's the last thing there. I mean, you look at Australia. What, what is the thing from Australia that we all buy? Nothing. There's nothing that comes out of Australia. The only, the biggest export that Australia ever had was Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. Okay, but a lot of financial firms have relocated to Sydney. Why? Because you're getting trading town. There's a lot of traders that are working within the stock exchanges and stock markets, the Australian stock markets in Sydney, right? A lot of uh, young Australian um, um, uh, traders are, are working there. So that, that that's a thing. So in the Western world, this is one of the few exploits you have in order to, to profit from the bubble and put it into real things. When is this platform coming true? Uh, coming to fruition? We're about ninety six percent done with it. <clears throat> uh, we're down to the wire. I think bef I I can confidently say 
will probably be operational before the end of the month. And we'll be full on live and kicking before April is, is one of, is, is my guesstimates right now. So keep it locked and loaded here. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to show you how to build your own fishing lure that works on It's a robotic automated fishing lure. that will help you catch fish while you're away at, at your real job. All right. With that being said, uh, keep it locked here. Cheers.